Playing by the uncertainties of our modern world, life can seem awfully bleak at times. In our search for purpose, meaning, and certainty, most of us would love to have an inkling of what lies ahead, to have even a glimpse of tomorrow today. In our podcast, Knowing Tomorrow Today, we share from the Bible a wonderful blueprint of hope, which reveals that God wants us to live an abundant life and that he has an amazing future planned for us. All right. Welcome to our podcast, Knowing Tomorrow Today. I'm your host, Merrick Brown. Thank you always for joining me on this journey of hope. I always want to encourage you to like, subscribe, and share this podcast wherever you listen. Uh, in our last episode, we began to look at the question, how can you and I know that God is real? Is God real for you? Are you experiencing a relationship with God in your life? How can you and I obtain glimpses of God? So, you know, growing up in, in a mountainous area in Jamaica, I recall that many nights I would often go out into our backyard and just stare at the night sky for hours. Yeah, I was something of an amateur astronomer. I would try to imagine what existed beyond the stars that I could see and what was beyond all that I could not see. I would often wonder, what did the edge of the universe look like? Perhaps you've wondered that yourself. I remember even trying to count the stars. Just the immensity of the universe often boggled my mind. Uh, the astronomer Claudius Ptolemy, who lived in the second century BC, estimated that there were as many as 1,022 stars. Today, we know that a single star seen from the unaided eye from Earth is quite possibly a cluster of several spiraling galaxies, each containing billions of stars. In fact, our own spiraling Milky Way galaxy contains about 100 billion stars. Now imagine that. One astrophysicist who observed that not only did God make the universe beautiful, he made it unimaginably large. You know, the psalmist David says in Psalm 19 verse 1, he says, the heavens proclaim the glory of God, the sky display his craftsmanship and so every time we admire the glories of the night sky we are in fact catching a glimpse of God's greatness his love of beauty his wisdom his power and his majesty so the point is this the very same super intelligent being who reveals the mysteries of the future in the Bible also created the universe and fixed the stars in place right uh, he says so in Isaiah chapter 40 verse 25 to 26 and, and in that chapter uh, Isaiah chapter 40 God speaks and he says to whom would you compare me who is my equal look up into the heavens who created all the stars he god brings them out like an army and one after another calling each by name and his great and by his great power because of his great power and incomparable strength not a single one is missing so god is saying listen i know every single star that i've created by name now that's amazing we we serve an amazing god i'm telling you so for decades scientists have theorized that of all the planets in our solar system that could be made more earth-like Mars seems to be the most promising candidate. Now, why is this? Well, first, Mars lies in a region in our solar system where water can remain liquid. Also, uh, an Earth day is about 23.9 hours in length. The length of a Mars Martian day is comparable at about 24.6 hours. Though the Martian atmosphere is primarily composed of carbon dioxide, some uh, scientists theorize that if, if, if plants could be added to the surface of Mars, then this would um, bring on, by a process of photosynthesis, uh, then, then oxygen could be introduced to the atmosphere. Uh, we have also learned that in recent time, there 
is an abundance of water trapped in a subterranean lake near Mars' south pole. So in theory, a massive project to make Mars more Earth-like would take decades or even centuries to complete before the red planet would even be deemed habitable. However, when, when it comes to Mars' next-door neighbor, the Bible reveals that God, when God created the Earth, our blue planet was created to be inhabited and that this was his plan all along. We read this in Isaiah chapter 45, verse 18. And this is what Isaiah says. He says, for the Lord is God. He created the heavens and the earth and put everything in place. He, God, made the world or the earth to be lived in, not to be a place of empty chaos. I am the Lord, he says, and there is no other. Of course, there is no biblical evidence that God used violent, random evolutionary processes, which played out over billions of years to create life on earth, as some folks believe. Uh, Genesis, the biblical book of beginnings, reveals that God used six literal 24-hour days to accomplish his creative acts on earth, and that he merely spoke and all life on the earth came into existence. Uh, it says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, uh, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Uh, you know, this is just fascinating fascinating for me. If you read, uh, when you read the Genesis account in Genesis chapter 1, uh, the account, it follows a, a logical orderly sequence. And uh, if you were a scientist and you were trying to make, say, Mars more Earth-like, that is the kind of sequence that you would follow. So uh, a quick survey of Genesis reveals that God used the first four days of creation to make the planet habitable for human and, plant, uh, and animal life. Now, the book records that on the first day of creation, God cause for light and he also sets in place the earth's 24 hour day and night rotation cycle on day two of creation god sets the planet's uh, breathable air in place on day three he created living space on the planet for both man and beast and caused the planet to bring forth plant life on day four god fine-tuned the heavenly bodies to serve for signs to mark off the seasons the days and the years and so after he had made the planet habitable god then you proceeded on the fifth day to create all marine life and birds of every species. Finally, his work of creation culminated on the sixth day with the creation of the land animals and with the crowning act of creation, which is humanity, right? Us, uh, both male and female, uh, we were made in the image of God, Genesis says. Now get this, at the end of the, the sixth day, in, in Genesis chapter one, verse 31, we are told that, and this is, I'm gonna read it for you. It says, and then God looked over all that he had made and he saw that it was very good right and the evening and the morning came marking the sixth day so we know that there are seven days in a week right god created seven days so what did god do on the seventh day you know uh if you visit some of the great art galleries in the world containing the great artistic works of such creative legends as uh picasso van gogh rembrandt or michelangelo uh, just to name a few these artists are praised and they are admired the world over for their creative works typically when an artist completes uh, his or her work, it is customary that these artists will sign and sometimes date their work, all right? So their unique signature identifies them as the creator of that work. In fact, painters do not usually sign their paintings until they are quite satisfied that in their estimation that their creative piece is, is good or very good, right? And so in Genesis chapter 1, verse 31, we 
see the creator God doing the very same thing. After he finishes his, his work of creation, he steps back and as the great master creator that he is, he admires all that he created during the six days and declares that it is not just good, but very good and excellent in every way. God is pleased with his work of creation. You'll find this when you read in Genesis, right? So what did God do then on the seventh day? We're back to that. Well, on the seventh day, God proceeded to put his signature on his completed masterpiece of creation. And how did God do this? How did God sign off on his, his creation so that the uh, inhabitants of the world would know that he is the creator? Well, what he did, he established the seventh day of the week to, uh, to serve as a weekly memorial day, right? Um, as a weekly reminder for humanity that he is God and that he's the creator of the heavens and the earth. In fact, God tells us that on the seventh day of each week, we are to honor that day as a reminder that he is creator, right? And that we are not to do any work on that day as a memorial that he is the creator God. And he says so in Exodus chapter 20, verse 8 to 11, and God says in his own words, he says, remember the Sabbath day or the seventh day to keep it holy. Six days uh, each week uh, you have for your ordinary work. But the seventh day is the, a Sabbath of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons, your daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, or any foreigners living among you. Why does God want us not to work on the the um, the seventh day? He tells us in verse 11. He brings us back to Genesis. He brings us back to creation. He says, for in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in, in them. But on the seventh day, he rested or stopped, basically, his work of creating. That is why God blessed the seventh day Sabbath and set it as apart as, as holy, right? And so today there are millions of people around the world who acknowledge God as creator in their lives by choosing to remember God's weekly memorial day of creation on the seventh day of each week, all right? And so they rejoice that each week that God has set aside a day for them to rest from their regular work routine. And so the seventh day is is not only a day for us to spend quality time with our family and friends, right? But it's also a day for us to spend quality time with our creator, God, in order to develop our relationship with him. We, we, I mean, every healthy relationship that one could have, including our relationship with God, requires for us to spend quality time with that individual to develop, right, that relationship. And that is no different when it comes to our relationship with God. God has carved out this time the seventh day of each week for us to spend time with him um, weekly. Now, it doesn't mean that you don't spend time with God in the other days. Uh, the seventh day is just a special time, right? You have less distractions on that day. You can give God your full focus, uh, just getting into his word, just communing with him in prayer and, and just, you know, glorifying him in your worship in a special way. So God loves us, right? And he wants for us, for you and I to, to get to know him better, right? He has such wonderful plans for us. In fact, he tells us in Jeremiah chapter 
chapter 29, verse 11 to 14, he says, listen, I know I have what I've planned for you. I have plans to prosper you, not to harm you. I have plans to give you a future filled with hope. He says, when you call out to me and come to me in prayer, I will hear your prayers. If you seek me with all of your heart and soul, I will make myself available to you. This is what God says to us. My friends, our creator God has planned an amazing future for us. My hope is that you'll continue to trust him more and more in a life of faith. And I promise you, your life will never be the same if you do. I just want to uh, encourage you to remember to like, to subscribe, and to share this podcast uh, wherever you're listening. Uh, you can also email me. I have an email address. My email address is knowingtomorrowtoday at gmail.com. It's one word, knowingtomorrowtoday at gmail.com. If you have comments or if you have questions, just go ahead and email and I'll, I'll check, check out those, um, those comments, right? So may God continue to bless you and keep you i am merrick brown until next time stay blessed and stay well Never stay the same. it's gonna get